My daughter, Natalie, who's sitting over there, couldn't have been older than two or three at the time. We had ducked out of some large event as it was past her bedtime and I needed to get her home. It was clear and crisp outside as we walked back to the car, hand in hand, and that's when it happened. As we turned a corner, the night sky opened up before us, and a full moon caught Natalie's attention. She stopped dead in her tracks, overwhelmed by the brightness above, and then she started tugging on my arm as if to pull me down to her level where she then proceeded to lie down right there on the sidewalk, inviting me to do the same, so that together we could look up and gaze at the glory of this celestial event. So that's exactly what we did. Father and daughter, backs on the concrete, staring up at the moon for a moment and enjoying its light together. I hadn't taught her to do this, It was as if it was instinctual to wonder at beauty, to ponder at mystery, to be still and know that something transcendent is near. If it wasn't for my little girl that night, I hate to think how I would have hurried home, head down, oblivious to the beauty of the moment, unaware of the presence of God. This has become, for me, a a parable of sorts. As most of us live our lives head down and in a hurry, slaves to our insane schedules, blinded by our mobile devices, as all the while there are these full moons around every corner, the glory of God waiting to be discerned, pondered, and entered into. Now, there are a number of tools God gives us to crack this nutty way of living. But the sermon this morning aims to speak to only one. The practice of being with children. To live life with a little Natalie by your side, so to speak. A practice that will tug at your arm and pull you down to the ground to discover that it's holy so that you might then stop and gaze at the glory overhead. It's the sacred practice of being with children. Our gospel reading this morning from Mark 9 is about more than the gift of being with children, but certainly not less. Jesus takes a little child in his arm in order to knock his disciples off their feet. They've been right to recognize that God is on the move in Jesus, but they're still looking for him in all the wrong places. They're looking for Jesus to do all the wrong things, to sit at the head of the table, to stand on the highest rung of the social ladder, and to walk in the halls of power. To which Jesus says, boys, boys, you have it all upside down. You should be sitting with those who are eating the crumbs that fall from the table. You should be standing with those who don't even know where the social ladder is. And you should be walking with those whom the powerful so easily ignores and casts aside. People like this child. As Jesus so often does, he's presenting his disciples with a new way of life, a new way of seeing a way of operating in the world, one that is meant to open up space for God and his kingdom to be present. 
And the example that he uses is the practice of being with children. Well, actually, I need to sharpen that statement a bit more because it's not just about being with children. For as a father of three, I do that a lot. And let me tell you, these aren't normally sacred moments. In fact, sometimes they're, they're not pretty at all. And I'm not just talking about my kids. I'm talking about me. Way too often when I'm with my children, my attention still remains on myself and my own priorities because I have things to do. I have far too many other matters, important matters, that require my attention, even if my children just so happen to be in the room. No, no, no. It's not just being with children. It's being present to children and then with them being present to God. It's welcoming children into our space in the name of Jesus. That's the power of that last line from our gospel passage, a promise I believe we should all take more seriously than we do. Jesus says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Like the disciples, we need to be called out and reminded that the realities of God don't come into our world the way we think, by rubbing shoulders with the powerful. The presence of God isn't made manifest by jockeying for position. No, the doors of heaven are open when we, among other things, give attention to the least of these, to children, when we are present to them and to the Holy Spirit among us. You know, that's actually the approach that we use in our children's ministry here at All Saints. The adults who volunteer in children's church are trained not to be Bible answer men and women. They're trained not to be conduits of information dump, but rather they are trained to be fellow explorers, fellow travelers in our life with God. We seek to encounter Christ with our children as together we reflect upon the stories of God, uh, the stories of Scripture, and how God is at work among us in our world. And so here at All Saints, we don't believe that children are the future of the church. They are the church. And as full members of the body of Christ, we can be confident that the Spirit of God is at work among them in powerful ways which means that we adults are given this incredible opportunity to explore the divine landscape along with them and through their eyes. In fact, based on our passage this morning, I think we can say more than that. Listen again to the words of Jesus. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. This is sacramental language. A promise to encounter Jesus in the physical of this world. Of course, we all know that historically the church has reserved that term sacrament for those rites that were commanded by Christ where he promises to be with them in the elements of water and, and bread and wine, otherwise known as baptism and, and the Eucharist. But my goodness, this statement by Jesus, is it not moving in that same direction? For just as God promises to meet us when we gather around word and sacrament, so he promises to meet us when we gather around our children. When we are present to them, a sacramental space is, is opened up where God can work and reveal himself in new and powerful ways. I'm telling you, this should be exciting news for you and for me. 
You know why? Because I'm not sure whether you've noticed this or not, but praise the Lord, we have a growing number of children here at All Saints. Little Natalies all around us, tugging on our arms, pointing up to the sky, to another reality. We abound with sacramental opportunities to encounter the living God in a special way. So whether you have children currently living under your roof or not, there's no excuse. We can all accept Jesus' invitation to welcome children into our lives, knowing that all who lower themselves to be present with a child will experience Jesus and his kingdom like nowhere else on earth. If you've never seen the movie Finding Neverland, I would encourage you to do so. It portrays a period of life, a period in the life of J.M. Barry, a Scottish novelist who lived around the turn of the 20th century. Now, if you haven't heard of Mr. Barry, you've certainly heard of his most famous work, as he's best remembered as the creator of Peter Pan. Well, the movie provides some of this backstory. As Barry befriends and begins spending time with these four young boys, all brothers. And as Barry is present to these children, he discovers that entire new worlds are opened up before him in their imaginative play together. And so we, the viewers, we learn that it is from their relationship, from their interactions, that Barry is inspired to create Peter Pan and the Lost Boys and Captain Hook and the world of Neverland. Well, I believe something similar occurs when we as Christians are present to our children. When we reflect on the stories of Scripture together with them, when we listen to a child's imaginative ideas and ponder their questions and suggest possibilities, always open to the voice of the Spirit. That's when a whole new world is opened up before us. A world not marked by fear and anxiety. A world not beholden to the tyranny of the urgent. A world that doesn't run on busyness and the need for success. A world that, yes, may be hidden from our eyes most of the time, but it's a world that a child can see. They can see that it is actually here and, and that it's coming. It's a world where the lowly are lifted up and the powerful are thrown down from their thrones. A world where the hungry are filled with good things and the rich are sent away empty. A world where those who mourn are comforted and the meek inherit the earth. It's a world that children not only enable us to see, but they inspire us to enter into. A world that's better than Neverland. It's the upside-down world of Christ and his kingdom. I wonder, what child is taking you by the hand to explore this world right now? I think it's right to imagine Jesus as a patient person, which is a good thing because his disciples back then and his disciples today are slow learners with hard heads. In Mark's gospel account especially, he constantly describes the disciples as failing to understand who Jesus is and what he is about. And our passage today is no different. And yet we see Jesus, he, you know, he keeps plugging away, doesn't he? He keeps pulling them aside, teaching them, correcting them, reteaching them, showing them an incredible amount of patience. 
That is, until the issue of children come up. I want you to think of those times when Jesus is angry or indignant. I don't know about you, but my mind immediately goes to the time when Jesus is in the temple, right? And he overturns the tables of the money changers. Or when he rips into the Pharisees something fierce for their hypocrisy. We all know about that. It's harder, though, to think of Jesus as showing an an outburst of anger towards his disciples. That is, again, until we get to Mark chapter 10. Just one chapter after our passage today, not long after Jesus encourages his disciples to welcome children, right? That's when we come across this report, a report that says people were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might bless them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Other translations say furious irate. That should inform kind of how we imagine the tone of Jesus' next statement. Let the children come to me, he says, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Man, this is serious business, isn't it? Mandatory even. It's not about gifting, whether or not you're good with kids. No, it's about being a part of a new family. This is the way of Jesus that we're all called to follow, drawing close to those who are at the bottom, to those who are too easily siloed off over here to children's ministry, right? For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Whoever welcomes a child welcomes Jesus. So my prayer is that we would not be a church that might cause Jesus to be indignant, but rather that we would be a church that would take advantage of these glorious sacramental opportunities, that we might always be a church that embraces the sacred practice of being present to children. Right on cue. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that in your grace and in your goodness, you have chosen to reveal yourself to us in the most unusual ways, in the ways that we would least expect, in the waters of baptism and in the bread and in the wine, in a cup of cold water to to someone who is thirsty, and as we give our attention to a little child. Help us, Lord, be a church that is present to our children that doesn't see children as just for tomorrow, but as for today, that sees children as the church, your spirit working among us, them and us as adults, so that we might journey in our faith together and bear stronger witness to Christ and his kingdom. Help us to be that kind of church, we pray, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.